0: So great big good morning to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to New Church Live, whether you're joining us live from wherever, wherever you might be coming from to enjoy our message and share a little fellowship who's here this morning. It's wonderful to have you here and a special hello to our studio audience. Again, anytime you're coming through town, feel free to stop by. Last week, we had a pleasant surprise, a family from Oklahoma stop by, which was wonderful. So I'm sure they're watching today. So great to meet you folks last week. So so today we're going to start this this Christmas story, and the idea of Advent, and and what does Advent mean? And I I love, you know, this season, there's so much to love about it, obviously, and at the same time, so many challenges. Anytime we get into a conversation around Christmas, there's always this caveat, Christmas is great, Christmas is wonderful, and, little footnote, it's really hard for a lot of people as well. And so we're going to try to look at Advent in a way that's, that's holistic, and in a way that we can, we can see it as this beginning of this beautiful adventure. You know, I love the idea that Advent and adventure, that the words go together. And it's, it's interesting looking at the history of Advent, the history of this way of celebrating the Christmas season. And for those of you who don't know, it comes down to, to four themes, four different candles, four different lights. First off, it starts with this idea of light, because light is always the first thing created, first thing blessed. And then in the Gospel of John, it talks about light coming to earth, like the light coming to earth, the light coming to earth. What does that mean? And it's it's this thing we talk about all the time in here, every year, probably say it three or four times. No amount of darkness, no amount of darkness can ever extinguish light. Any amount of light, even just the smallest of candles, begins to extinguish the darkness. And that's what we celebrate. And it's interesting to me, you know, Christianity, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in a rough place in a lot of ways. It's in a challenging space in a lot of ways. And way back in the day, they were trying to figure out how can we explain the Christian message? Like, what does this mean? Well, what it comes down to with Advent is these simple things. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Think about that. Hope, peace, joy, and love. That's the way they thought that they could communicate what the true message was. And yet, we live in an era where most people, and for good reason, that's not the way they would describe church. That's not the way they would describe pastors, even. That's not the way they would describe theology. And Christmas is a chance to return to those firsts of hope, peace, joy, and love. And when we return back to those firsts, it both anchors us in this beautiful past and anchors us as well into this really hope-filled future. It allows this both and. And again, that both and, friends, that both and is able to hold, able to hold the challenges of life. So if you are one of the many people who are, yep, Christmas is great, and footnote, it's really hard. If you're on that, and it's really hard thing, just know that hope, peace, joy, love, maybe you can find some relief there. Maybe you can find Christmas anew this year within those beautiful themes. So every week here at New Church Live, we're going to add a candle. This week is looking at hope. And again, if you Google it, you'll see different orders for, for the four Advent Sundays. But it's really interesting to me that it always, always starts with hope. It always starts with hope. And that's where we want to start. So I'd ask you to take a look at this question up here, friends. The question is this. What is your hope this Christmas season? What are you wanting? What do you, you, sort of, you sort of yearn for with hope this Christmas season? Is there, is there a relationship you want to see rejuvenated? Is there a particular thing you want to accomplish? Is there is there a particular thing? Even You can even throw in what you really want for Christmas, and we'll give it a shout-out. But what is the hope? What is the hope for you this Christmas season that you really want? Now, here at New Church Live, we text a lot, so you're welcome to text this answer to me and let me give you my number. It's 215-740-3662. 215 740 Three You're welcome to shoot me a text message or just put it in our chat in the different platforms that we're streaming on today. And when we come back, we're going to look at this hope and we're going, to, we're going to try to look at what are four deep, meaningful, real lessons around hope. And we're not going to talk about hope sort of in an ethereal way. I know that for some people, hope can really be a four-letter word because it can get us sort of into a, a Pollyannish view or, or, or sort of detach us from the reality of life. We're going to be talking about a, a very stubborn hope that isn't detached from the realities of life, whatever your realities might be, but actually anchors hope within life as it is where it is. So folks, welcome. Welcome to New Church Life.
1: The first Noel the angels did say Was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay In fields where they lay keeping their sheep On a cold winter's night
0: beautiful song. And isn't it interesting? Again, we we, we see that with Christmas. Like those old songs, they they get us anchored back into something. They get us back anchored into something. I want to talk about that for a minute because because I think it's so important as we start looking at Advent and hope that we understand the importance of, of sort of set points in our life. Our life will tend to go to whatever our set point is. So, somebody who struggles with massive amounts of hopelessness, with negativity, with cynicism, that's where life will tend to gravitate. So, even really good things will devolve into that. That's a certain set point. What if this? What if we just really worked at a different kind of set point? A set point based on hope. And again, Not a Pollyannish hope. Not a hope that, yep, this is the week I win the lottery. Not that at all, though that would be nice. You know, it's a a different kind of hope. It's a hope very grounded in life, where we literally are hopeful in our lives. And that becomes the point, because then, folks, think about it, right? If I have a grounding point, if I have an anchor point that's all gathered around the hopelessness of life, everything will get degraded. Everything will get degraded. And we have a choice. What if we decide instead, this season, to have a set point that's filled with hope? Think about the parts of your life that would rise to that, that would, that would be different because of that. And I'm not talking the circumstances of your life because some circumstances are not under your control. Most of them aren't. But I'm talking perspective. I'm talking the music of your life. I'm talking your soul. Think of those set points. And if we can set a set point at a different place, I just feel like the whole Christmas story starts to take on a new meaning. And one of those places I I, I wanna talk about is I wanna talk about this incredibly powerful concept, again, of the original blessing. Now, that's not an old concept, but it's, but it's really core to Christ, a Christian New Church perspective because it's based on this simple idea, folks, the simple idea that all of us, human beings, are finited forms of God's love. Okay? Allow that to reach deeply in. All of us are finited forms of God's love. That idea of original blessing, you know, and we can see pictures of it. And, and, you know, maybe you have one on your phone. These are just some pictures I pulled. Some people had put them up on Facebook. You know, just original blessings there in all their different forms. and, And that's the way original blessing looks. And we look at those pictures and we just, we can sense the blessedness in there. Because maybe, folks, we start to see a little reflection of that love. A little reflection there of God. And part of that is that idea within all of those and all those people in that picture with all the great pictures on your phone, if you want to scroll through and find a picture and if you're watching with someone point to that picture, like, yeah, this is the original blessing, is that divine spark, that inmost, that is, was, and always will be connected to heaven. I think that's a really significant part to start with as we look at this season. And what that means is this, folks. Look at this beautiful line from Genesis 1, 27. So God created, and you could use a bunch of different words here. Some people say humanity. There's a bunch of different translations. So God created man, human being, Adam, which is kind of interesting. That's the actual word. Adam is that that first person. In his own image, in God's own image. In the image of God, he created them. Here we go from singular to plural. Male and female, he created them. So it's, 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 this, it's this beautiful idea that, that God is kind of, he's in the singular, and he's in the communal as well. He's with the person, and he's with people. He's with the human being, and he's with humanity. And both of those, both of those are reflections of God. Both of those are reflections of God. And I feel like we can just breathe for a second, you know, and just just think about that. Like, like, imagine the original blessing in that and and how that just creates a very, very, very different set point or anchor point to life. And I think it's a significant anchor point, especially as we go into the Christmas season. Now, part of that, folks, is understanding that, that there is no sort of innate depravity in mankind. I mean, do people have evil parts of them? Absolutely. Do they have hereditary evils, you know, hereditary destructive tendencies? Absolutely. Do they have a part of their will that is, that is corrupt? Absolutely. But dig down deep enough and you're gonna find something else. You're gonna find again that inmost. You're gonna find again that tender, tender part. Now it may be buried, it may be totally inaccessible in this life. But I'd hold that's the part that lives on to eternity. I mean, even that, take a look at this beautiful quote here. We never produce anything evil or misguided out of ourselves. It is hell with us who produce it. So when we have hell with us, you know, when we're listening to all those forces of darkness, yeah, that's where that comes from. And that's not who, please listen, and that is not who you really are. That's not who you really are. I think God would say that over and over and over again. That's not who you really are. Who you really are isn't anchored to original sin. Who you are is anchored to original blessing, first and foremost. So that leads us to our first lesson here of hope. We're going to have four of these, folks. Lesson number one, hope is anchored in original blessing. So we, we look at that, and again, I think we smile with that. And from there, we move into a second one. And here, we're going to actually pick up the Christmas story here. Here, we move into a second lesson around hope. And this is the story of Mary. This is the story of what's called the Annunciation, where she gets told that she's going to give birth to Jesus. And it's a famous story. I'm going to read it for you here. This is is out of Luke 1. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We're going to come back to that line. Mary was greatly troubled. Other translations said, Mary was greatly afraid. At his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So the holy one to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth is going to have your relative is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be barren as in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Incredibly powerful line there. And when we look when we look at Mary, it's 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 easy to, uh, you know, with it to. To so get on to the end of the story and the heroic Mary and what we see of that. But, but we have to remember that, that at this time, Mary, I mean, God was reaching down to the very, very bottom of society. She was no doubt a teenager. She was single. She hadn't been married. She was not somebody of means by any stretch we can't lose track, and this is sad, we can't lose track that she was a female in an extremely misogynistic culture. And she was living in an occupied land. She was Jewish, she was living in a land occupied by the Romans. All of those were sort of strikes against her, so to speak. But even folks hearing there, you know, again, God reaching down to that very, that very bottom, and building from the bottom up. That's, that's so much the way God works. That's so much the way I think we need to approach this whole idea of anchor points, hope, set points, whatever you want to say. We have to approach it. We have to see that, God, yeah, God is working from the bottom up. And as part of that, here's our second lesson for hope. Hope is in the context of hard things. Hope is in the context of hard things. I imagine for most of us, for many of us, and I know I'm as guilty as anybody with this, I sort of regard hope as this commodity. It's kind of a commodity sitting over here in a jar. And I know it's good, I know I should be hopeful, and I want to sort of parse it out. I want to wait until life is really good, until life is really good, and then I will have hope. Anybody else do that? You know, that's kind of crazy. No, we're supposed to have hope in the context of hard things. We're supposed to have hope in the context, please listen, in the context of the hardest things. Now again, that's not hope, folks, that necessarily bad things don't happen or that there's, every chapter's gonna end really well. That's, that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about a perspective. It's talking about a lens. It's talking about a willity, uh, an ability to kind of hold life in its greatest and most beautiful sense, again, Anchoring back to that picture, like, there's beauty here. Yeah, it's really hard. Yes, it is really difficult. And there is beauty here. I mean, the the, the incredible power of that line, folks, where Mary simply accepts it, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. You know, just that, that, not that willfulness anymore. But just that willingness, woefulness becoming willingness, that deep, soft edge. So then we can drill down even a little more. And and this this line here is, is, I mean, I get a chuckle when I read it. So so, so here's Mary, and she's she's again at the, you know, sort of this this, uh, disenfranchised person. And the angel comes along and says, greeting you you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. It's a beautiful line there. And it's, it's an echo of a line that I really find beautiful in the Bible. This, this echo that goes way back into the Old Testament, way back into Gideon. Gideon's the bottom of the barrel. literally. He's, he's literally in the bottom of a pit. And an angel comes up to announce to him, and he goes, Oh, mighty man of valor. You know, as far from the truth as it could be. And, and here, here's Mary, and she gets the line, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, just think about that for a minute. Can you smile a little bit there? Folks, let this sink in. The self-image most of us have is so different from the image that God has of you. It's so different. That self-image that that we often had, no doubt Mary had it, no doubt most of us had it, is, is, is one that one that where we degrade ourselves constantly, one where we are constantly putting ourselves out, one reigns by the anxieties and all those things where we've come up short. And again, that's not saying we haven't come up short. Of course we all have. But that's not the way God sees you. God sees you, again, highly favored. God sees you as this this person that he is with, that he created you. And you can see in that as well, folks, you know, that that there's an echo there of original blessing. And what's offered here to Mary is is interesting. She's not offered power. She's not offered prestige. She's not offered possessions. She's offered a baby. She's offered a baby. Allow that to sink in as well, that, 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 that the reaction here is this, is, this, is this beautiful child that she's being offered. And, and being, being a parent is never an easy thing. I mean, in theory, it's easy. <laughs> but the reality of it, it has good days and it has really hard days. And with all of that, it has life. It has life, a deep life, a rich life, a life that is about it caring for things. And it doesn't mean we have to have a baby to feel that. I think, I think we all have things, like look at the phrase we use, well, that's really their baby. You know, we all have those things that are our babies and, and that we want to see come to life, and it's, it's never a straight line. It's never easy. It always has those, those challenging parts to it. And we have to acknowledge as well this part. That I find very powerful, her reaction to it, her reaction to being offered this news, her, being, her reaction to be to be to being told this was fear. She was afraid. And I think there's something to that, right? That, that when we get these, when we get these these challenges in life, and we get these opportunities, and we start to see like, what could be, this is so hard to get into words, folks, so my apologies. We start to get a sense of what's trying to be born in our life, what, what God wants us to, to step into every Christmas season, those bigger pictures, all of that. It's really challenging, and it can feel like a lot of fear. You know, literally, who am I to do that? And see, I... I think a lot of that is because we're going back and we're asking that, well, who am I to do this? I, I can't, all that stuff. It's because we're going by our self-image. We're not going by God's image of us. We're going by our image of ourselves. We're going by our image of ourselves. Who do you see when you look in the, in the mirror, folks? Who do you see? What's the image there? See, who you see is who you become. And if who we see has all these negative characteristics, if all we see is the negative stuff, then of course our set point is going to be way too low for the life that God desires for you. And maybe picture this. Maybe picture... Looking in that mirror, and I think about this story with Mary and the Annunciation with the same thing. Looking in that mirror, and God just gently stepping up beside you, looking over your shoulder, and saying, my friend, this is what I see. This is who you are. What you see, is what you will become. When we can settle into how God sees you, how God depends, I mean, folks, a baby, that's all about dependency, how God depends on you, how God celebrates you, that's a very different image in the mirror. And that's a very different way of life becoming something big. We can sit with that, folks. And the third lesson here of hope is that hope cannot be experienced until that fear is acknowledged. Because that fear is clearly part of it. That fear is, is part of can we move out of that, of that self image into, into the image of that God has for us? Because one is di- driven, let's see if this makes sense. I imagine this, I don't know if it fits, like maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but, but I imagine that for most of us, that self-image is driven by a lot of fear. By a lot of fear. And fear always degrades. It's there, it's present, let's not pretend it's not. And fear will always degrade us, will always pull us down to a lower common denominator. And God's way of saying, when God looks in the mirror and he looks over your shoulder and he says, this is what I'm seeing, he's not seeing it from fear. When he is there at your shoulder looking at the mirror image with you, he's seeing it out of love. It's the same way, it's the same way, folks, you see those you love. I mean, that you truly love. If you have a little toddler in your life somewhere, you know, you see that all the time. And they can have the temper tantrum. They can can do whatever they do. And, of course, there's accountability to it. But there's never this judgment. Because you see them for who they truly are. You see a much deeper thing. And here, folks, understanding with fear. And this, I think, is an important little aside with it. I don't know that we ever overcome fear. I was listening to this, this one author, this is a little bit of an aside, the Stanley Hauerwas, and he was saying, you know, there's, there's a misnomer that courageous people don't fear anything. In his point, no, they're courageous because they full well know what to be afraid of. They understand. And that's why there's courage. That's why Mary's such a courageous character. She fully knew what the punishment was for a child out of wedlock, which was actually stoning, capital punishment. And we can at the same time, folks, just acknowledge that the fear is present. Just we can acknowledge that it is here. And now we're on to this this fourth lesson of hope. And this this is a big one. This is a big one. This is a big one. Hope is how we stay open. Hope is how we stay open. I want to talk about that one for a minute here, folks. So if you spell it out in your hands, like let's spell it out in our hands with all capitals, so you spell HO,PE. Spell it hope in your hands. And it's interesting, and this was brought up at Sermon Writing Team is we take those four letters, and we flip them around a bit. O, P, E. And instead of having an H like this, just draw it crossways like this, and the word hope has become the word open. Good way to remember it. So that idea of of, of hope and openness, like like what does that mean, and, and why is that so significant? Well, I think the concept of hope and openness is this, folks. If I really want to be open to life as it is, right, it just seems to me, like even just look, maybe looking at it from the opposite, if I'm coming again from that anchor point of hopelessness, I'm not going to be open to really anything in life. I may be numbed. I may be completely detached. That may appear like openness, but it's really not. I'm not engaged anymore in life. But when I have hope, when I have hope, and it's, it's a hope, folks, it's an eternal hope. It's, it's not just a temporary thing. When I have hope, I can step in, and we can step into really challenging things, and still remember, still remember this, still remember that life is good. Coming right back to original blessing. Still remember that life is good. And not that that this chapter is going to end well. This chapter may not end well. And I still will hold on to, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my being, to that life is good. And we can find hope here as well. Folks, just think. Think of the people in your life. Put in your mind right now, who is the most hope-filled person you know? Not in a silly way of hope, you know, but, but in a really, somebody who just exudes hope to you. Do they strike you as open to life? Probably. That's where we want to be. That's how we want to work into our lives. That's, that's what we want to start to think of here. Now, as the musicians come out for, this, for, their, for our next song here, we want to think about it, folks. We want to think that, that, that here's this hope. And it's not a hope based on that life as she is ex- going to experience it, as we know through the biblical story through the New Testament. It's not a hope that, that's based on that, oh, now that this has happened, life is going to be easy. Life is not easy. Like, Jesus' life from here on out is not easy by any stretch. Those who followed him, their lives were not easy by any stretch. But their lives had incredible meaning, and their lives had incredible beauty. That's hope. That's a realistic hope. That's a hope grounded in life with a capital L. So when we come back, again, if you haven't had a chance yet to send me, you know, a hope you have for Christmas, we've got a lot of answers. We'll share those when we come back as we offer some concluding remarks on these four lessons of hope.
2: sons and daughters maybe did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you deliver will soon deliver you maybe did you know that your baby boy to a blind man, baby, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels run? You kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God, baby, did you know? Line we'll see. The sleeping child you're holding is the grave. it's Angela. I just want to invite you all to make a donation to New Church Live today. We have a very generous donor who's offering to match any donations up to $10,000 if they're made before the end of the calendar year. So if you're looking for an opportunity to increase your donation, this is a really amazing opportunity. If you want to make a donation, you can go to our website, or you can text the word "new church live" all one word, all lowercase to 77977. We hope you'll consider making a donation and we hope you'll take advantage of this really amazing opportunity. So thank you everyone.
0: We actually turn the lights down just a little bit, Marcus. Be great. So, so I wanna talk about this folks and I wanna talk about, about hope and, and, and how hope works. You know, that that song is so beautiful, Mary, Did You Know, and uh, that gets me teary. Like, no, she didn't. She didn't know. She didn't know. She had an idea, maybe, or an inkling, or maybe just a sense that this was the next right thing. I don't know, but, but she didn't know. And we don't either. We don't know the blessings that are in store. We don't always know how to hold hope. We we get told it, and and yet how do we hold it, and how do we live it, and how do we allow it to to, to truly come into our lives and to to maybe have a moment with this hope where we're able to see the world the way God sees it, and that includes seeing ourselves the way God sees you, sees me, sees us. Finite forms, all of us. Finite forms of God's love. And this beautiful idea of light, and, and as I read through these folks, just, just think of, of, of where this might be true for you. And, and I would tell you, you know, uh, you know, I would tell you, I would recommend actually lighting a candle sometime today and just being like, yeah, I'm going to light this first candle for Advent, and I'm going to hold this hope as I light this candle. For this Christmas season, I hope that I can take the time to savor everything beautiful. I hope that the sphere I have around me is a better one, less of me and more of God. I hope we can move 600 miles and still make a special Christmas for my family. That brings, brings a smile. Life is so different than it was. I hope I am hoping I can find peace and contentment in that difference. Both of my kids have been struggling in different ways recently. As it is said, we are are as happy as our unhappiest child. (laughs) I think all parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles know that. So I, maybe a little selfishly, wish us all peace and happiness this Christmas. Peace sounds like a dream on so many levels. Global conflict, political rancor, community challenge, family strife. God, I hope for and pray for peace. I need it. My hope is that my friends who are struggling to make ends meet will be provided for in ways that point to the miracle of faith in God. I hope my kids will experience the magic of God in the ways that can make him real to them. My hope is that her chemo and radiation works. My hope So love wins, moment by moment, chosen over and over again. My hope is to connect with my family. My hope for Christmas is that our old family members will be with us to celebrate this season. My hope is to move into our new house before Christmas, and there's a little picture. Hello, Esther. <laughs> Folks, those are, those are such beautiful concepts, and it's, it's such a beautiful concept around light and the way light can look and the way light can act in our, in our lives. And it's, it's always interesting to me, right, that, that when we try to symbolize something spiritual, isn't it interesting, friends, that, that we go back to just these, this very simple light No one when they're talking about spirituality says, this is the image for me, a bonfire. (laughs) Doesn't happen. They light a candle. Somehow there's something in our soul that resonates with that image and goes, yep, that's hope. That's light, that's God. It's as simple, folks, as seeing pictures going back again to the original blessing. Starting there, starting hope there, and tracing it through all the different lessons we talked about. Hope that's anchored in the original blessing. Hope that is in the context of hard things. Hope that acknowledges fear. And hope that is how we stay open. Hold on to that hope. You know, think about that hope. Live with that hope. If if you want to get get into a daily routine on this, I, I invite you very warmly. We are starting our our Advent series with our 10 Minutes of Calm. 10 Minutes of Calm is every morning, 8.30 a.m. We do a little live, Facebook live slash live stream slash YouTube video that goes out there. and People from all over, just like on Sunday, they tune in for a real brief service. We're gonna be looking this week at Hope if you wanna follow up on that. And keep in the conversation, folks, keep in the light. Keep thinking, where is your anchor point? Where are you setting your life? Are you setting it in a way that life is constantly getting an uplift? Are you setting it in such a way that life is constantly getting a degrade? And I think you know which one of those is the right right way to go. And listen to this last poem. And I can be able to do this poem without crying. This is one of my favorite poems of all time. i cry crying to think about it. One of my favorite poems of all time. It's the poem called Annunciation by Mary Howe. And I want to share it with you, and just so that you can sit, maybe in a moment, in the idea of to be loved like that. Mary Howe's poem. Annunciation. If I don't see it again, or ever feel it, I know it is. And if once it hailed me, it ever does. So it is myself I want to turn in that direction, not as towards a place, but it was a tilting within myself as one turns a mirror to flash the light to where it isn't. I was blinded like that and swam in what shone at me, only able to endure it by being no one, and so specifically myself I thought I'd die from being loved like that." Mary Howe, that's good, really good. So, folks, we're ready to launch. Ready to launch on a beautiful Christmas season. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for joining us from all across the country. And Lord, be with us this Advent season. And now to close this service, what we're going to do is I'm going to offer a prayer. Then we're going to do the Lord's Prayer and a blessing. And then we'll have a beautiful, joyous last song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us to reconsider hope, hope in a new way, hope that is not into things, but hope that is is grounded deep within our soul, deep within the music of the spheres. Help us, Lord, if we struggle with a set point that is just below us, to lift us, to lift us to the rock that is higher than I, which is you. Allow our set point to be there. Be with all these amazing congregants, Lord. Allow us to live, not just to experience hope, but to really live hope fully. Hope, just overabundant hope in our lives. Again, not a hope in things, but a hope that is how we see the world. Because maybe in some way, we can try as best we can to see it even for a minute. The way you do amen our father who art in the heavens hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as in heaven so upon the earth give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom in the power and the glory forever, amen. A final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace and bring you home, amen.
1: so much.